uh, many times we uh, forget that we're complete in him. And uh, we live our lives uh, as if we're in control. And uh, the uh, psalmist in Psalm 28 is David. And he's going to bring out some things to us and for us uh, to remind us that uh, we are not our own maker. We are not our own strength. We are not our own foundation. And uh, we're going to be reminded of some things uh, today of uh, our relationship with the Lord. And the title of my message is Don't Ignore God. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, uh, basically three things about our relationship with the Lord. And, uh, uh, you know, you've heard of uh, short preachers before. You know, uh, a guy named Jerry Savinsky, he preaches for about 15 minutes and he speaks so fast and he gets so much information in there and you're done in 15 minutes. So uh, I'm, I'm preaching here. My, I've got three pages of notes, but I'll give you the, the summary of it in just 10 seconds. Uh, there are four points. And uh, the four points, you see, you don't have to listen to all that I'm going to say. You just get these four points and you can get in your car and go home. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, but, but the first thing that I want to bring out to us, you know, we are in a spiritual war. And uh, we forget that sometimes. And uh, we think that uh, we have the strength in ourselves to uh, continue on. Uh, I know many times uh, we get to physically weary and uh, worn down and our bodies get worn down and I appreciate you all praying for me uh, Sunday I think that was m- most of my problem I was worn down and tired and worn out and and uh, I slept from like um, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning till almost uh, six thirty in the morning the next day so uh, I thank you for praying for me when I woke up I was in great shape uh, And uh, so the Lord is uh, so good to us. So the first thing, we're in a spiritual battle. Number one, we need to recognize the spiritual battle. Number two, we need to realize where our strength comes from. Number three, we need to reckon our position in Christ. And then finally, number four, uh, we need to don't give up crying out to the Lord. And so uh, this really is is a message to remind us to pray. Uh, to remind us that we have someone that cares greatly about us and uh, that uh, we need to uh, develop our prayer life as though it was something very critical to our daily moment-by-moment existence. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your, your blessings. Thank you for the um, great blessing that we have in the Word of God that encourages us to put our focus on you and uh, take our focus off ourselves and uh, our uh, uh, supposed uh, strengths that uh, we think we have. Lord, help us to put our trust in you. And Lord, help us tonight as we look at your word to be encouraged to uh, not ignore you, Lord, but to have you as an intimate part of our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the word of God in many places reminds us that, number one, that we are in a spiritual battle. Uh, It's a constant battle with our mind and with our actions as we serve the Lord, as we uh, get out into the workforce, uh, that uh, the Lord reminds us in many places that uh, we have this problem in our our body, that is, we're sinners, and uh, we as Christians, uh, we desire the Spirit wants to serve God, but the flesh serves 
our, our, ourselves, really. And uh, so uh, Romans chapter 7, uh, look in Romans chapter 7 real quick as we look at this and we're being reminded of our spiritual battle that we're in. Uh, in Romans chapter 7, the, the uh, Apostle Paul reminds us, starting in verse number 14, that uh, this is a real spiritual battle, that we're in a warfare. And uh, he says, starting in verse number 14, he says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So we understand spiritual things, but uh, we are carnal. And uh, we... Uh, are sold under sin. And the idea is that we're constantly sinning. And verse number 15, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. And so there's the quandary. There's the, the, uh, the problem that we have as, as human beings. Uh, we can sense that, hey, we know what's right. We sense God's spirit working in our heart. And we want to do good. We want to do right. But uh, what happens is we may make wrong decisions, uh, I think, because we aren't aware or cognizant of God's presence every minute. Uh, we depend on ourselves, and we decide that we're going to make a certain decision without consulting the Lord, without looking to him for guidance. And so uh, Paul reminds us, and he's reminding him of us of his own shortcomings as we see our shortcomings uh, verse number 15, for that which I do, I allow not. For that what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, in other words, the things I don't want to do, if I do those things, I consent unto the law that is good. You know, the law was given to point out our sin. And uh, so here he's saying that, hey, uh, when you sin, you can look back at the law and say, hey, the law's right. <laughs> I, I can't keep the law. And, and it goes on and says, Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Doesn't that describe you? That describes me many times. Uh, I want to do right, but I end up doing wrong. And he continues, and he says, Now, if I do that, I would not. It is not more, no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law, war, a law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my member, members. There's the war. There's the spiritual war that we all experience. And he says in verse number 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Do I have any hope? Do I have an answer? Do I have any uh, answer to this quandary, to this terrible state, that I, the things that I want to do, I, I, I want to do it, but I don't do it. I sin. Who's going to rescue me? Who's going to help me? He says in verse number 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And so here, the spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual battle. Another place in the New Testament reminds us of the spiritual battle, and that's Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18, talking about walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh. And uh, this is the battle that we're in. And uh, uh, David, in the psalm we're going to look at, 
reminds us that we need to cry out to our God, who is our strength, who is our rock, uh, that he's the one that can help us. And so in Galatians chapter 5, another passage of scripture that reminds us, hey, we need to recognize we're in a battle. Verses 16 through 18, Galatians 5, 16 through 18. This I say, then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. See, we want to do those things that please the Lord. But when we're walking in the flesh, we can't do that. And walking in the flesh is ignoring God. Walking in the flesh is not allowing the Lord to guide your thoughts and your actions. Uh, You allow yourself to guide your thoughts and your actions. So he says here that uh, you cannot do the things that you would. In verse 18, but if ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. And so here uh, the Lord wants us to be led by the Spirit. We want to be led by the, the Spirit that desires to do right. And how can we be led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is God? We need to... Uh, depend on him uh, and recognize we are in a spiritual battle and we have no strength uh, that we need to cry out to him every moment, every minute of the day. Galatians chapter 6, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 6, another passage that reminds us, hey, we are in a spiritual battle. In fact, this passage tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Uh, We're in a battle and we got to put on the uniform of the soldier to protect ourselves, to go into the battle. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse number 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So there... We're reminded we're in a battle, a spiritual battle. First uh, Peter chapter 4, another uh, passage that reminds us of the battle. And uh, uh, we're going to get to uh, Psalm 28 here pr- pretty soon. First uh, Peter chapter 1, another pass, excuse me, First Peter chapter 4, uh, uh, starting in verse number 1 and 2, uh, it tells us that uh, we're in this battle. And uh, for as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. So uh, you're going to arm yourself with the same mind that Christ had uh, when he sacrificed himself for us as he gave himself for us. He says that uh, for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. So here, uh, Peter is encouraged. Uh, Here we're encouraged by the word of God uh, that we should no longer live the rest of our time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. So God wants to be part of your life daily, every minute by minute. Uh, As you, no matter what you're doing, he is part of your life. Romans chapter 8, verses 12 and 13 says, Therefore, brethren... Uh, We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if uh, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. And the idea there is you you will not have spiritual success. Uh, You eventually will die. We do die because of sin. Eventually we will physically die. But spiritually you're going to be hampered. Uh, Your your success is going to be stymied. Uh, You are going to be living in the flesh, carnal life, 
will not have spiritual success. Uh, you shall die. But if through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And the idea of mortifying the deeds of the body is you're allowing the Lord to control your life in, in such a way that uh, uh, when those temptations come uh, to do the wrong things, uh, you are so immersed in the Word of God, you have memory verses in your mind that you're relying on to help you, to guide you, uh, and your whole focus is, hey, I want to please the Lord uh, rather than myself. And so you mortify or you subdue or you deaden the deeds of the flesh. And uh, this is by making the Lord uh, part of your normal functioning. Um, you know, the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, uh, that we should be in constant communication with the Lord, uh, that it's something that uh, the Lord wants you to have that kind of a relationship, and that will help you to mortify, uh, to deaden, to subdue uh, the deeds of the flesh. Uh, you make God a normal part of your daily functioning, being aware of your relationship with him, to draw on his help or power to overcome sin little by little as you learn bit by bit to uh, be determined to serve the Lord by living in the spirit rather than in the flesh. And uh, you make the Lord your first resource for help, that you don't ignore the Lord, that uh, the things that God has taught you and uh, the Holy Spirit reminds you of, that uh, you should uh, pay attention to that rather than go your own way. If you're going to go the Spirit's way rather than the fleshly way, then you listen to what you know is right and you determine, hey, I'm going to do what's right with the Lord's help. He is my first resource. And uh, you need to do what David did in Psalm 28. And the first thing he does is he cries out to the Lord and realizing that the Lord is his strength. So we have, we, we have to realize, we need to uh, consciously say to ourselves and recognize in our walk, in our daily walk, that, hey, we're in a spiritual battle. Satan desires to trick us. Satan desires to devour us. He wants to destroy us. Uh, the, the Lord told Peter that uh, Satan desired to sift him, uh, to destroy him, and that's what Satan wants to do with us. And to do that, he gets our minds off the Lord. And uh, uh, Romans chapter 12, you know, the Bible tells us in the beginning of Romans chapter 12, uh, that Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Uh, the idea is that don't let this world get your attention off of the Lord. Uh, set those things of, the, of the, what the world wants you to do aside and focus on the Lord. Sacrifice a sacrifice to the Lord, a living sacrifice, living for him rather than yourself. And so here uh, we uh, realize that we are in a spiritual battle. Number two, we need to uh, realize where the real help is in this battle. Um, in the military, you know, you learn how to fire all these weapons, uh, and uh, you get pretty good at firing weapons. Uh, as a believer, we need to get good at firing one weapon, and that is the, the sword of the Word of God. The, 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 the Bible tells us that uh, in the Ephesians chapter 6, when we didn't read the whole passage, 
but it talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which we need to be able to wield and use uh, to protect ourselves. And so uh, we need to realize where the real help comes from. Psalm 60, verse 11 and 12 says this about the Lord. For us as believers, it says, Give us help, Lord, from trouble. For vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for it is for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. And we need to be cognizant of that every minute of the day, all the time. Another uh, psalm, Psalm 121, uh, verses 1 through 8. This is a psalm uh, I've mentioned before that while we were in Germany, in a church in uh, Germany, we sang psalms, a lot of psalms. And uh, Psalm 121 is one that there's, it's eight verses that uh, we learned. Uh, and every time I come across it, it comes back to my uh, memory. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve, thy, preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out, thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. So a psalm that reminds us, hey, where's our strength come from? It's not from us. It's not our strength because our strength is nothing in this spiritual battle. You need to look to the Lord and allow him to guide you and uh, uh, give you that help. And so Psalm 28, uh, David reminds us of that strength that we can have with the Lord. So we're finally to Psalm 28 as we think about uh, where our real help comes from. And David starts his psalm out. This psalm is really a cry out to God to help him in a time of temptation, uh, to help him in a time of discouragement, a time that the world is, uh, 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 I guess, pushing him to not serve the Lord, but to serve his flesh and to serve whatever man wants him to do. And here in Psalm 28, unto thee o will I cry, and, O Lord, my rock, be not silent unto me, lest thou be silent. Be not silent unto me. I, I become like them that go down into the pit. So he doesn't want the Lord to uh, be silent to him. He's talking about uh, crying out to the Lord because he recognizes where his power is. He says that uh, in verse number one, I will cry. In verse number two, he says, when I cry, uh, he is... Um, relaying the idea to us that uh, you need to be constantly crying out to the Lord, no matter what situation you're in. And uh, this cry is not just a one-time cry. Uh, the idea that uh, you cry out like uh, the, uh, the world many times cries out to God when they're in trouble, uh, that, hey, you hear people say, well, all I have left to do is pray. And uh, the, the Lord doesn't want us to wait till we have nothing else left to do but to pray. Uh, we need to cry out right away, uh, all the time. Uh, this is not a one-time bring it uh, to the Lord just one time and then forget about it. It's, uh, it's at the times of temptation. Uh, it's at the times daily. Uh, it's hourly. It's minute by minute. Uh, sometimes 
uh, second by second, as you're uh, uh, presented with a temptation that's so strong for you, you need to be crying out to the Lord. Uh, Lord, help me. Give me your strength. And uh, clinging to the word of God. Uh, the psalmist is crying out in alarm as he is tempted to be drawn away to the ways of the world or the wicked. So let's look at this psalm real quick and, and uh, see how David is going to use the Lord to help him, to give him strength. And it says, unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. And the idea that he is his rock, it's his foundation, it's his strength. Uh, the, uh, the rock of our faith. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He's our foundation. And uh, he says, be not silent to me, uh, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. He doesn't want to have a relationship without, um, uh, without proof, I guess you could say. Uh, the, the wicked, uh, God is silent to the wicked. God isn't going to answer the prayer of the wicked. The, 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 the prayer of the wicked is abomination to the Lord. Uh, he's not going to answer those sinners uh, like he will answer his own children. And so David here is crying out to the Lord. He says, oh, Lord, uh, please answer me is basically what he's saying. Don't be silent to me. Uh, don't let me be like those that uh, uh, cry out to you and, and you don't answer. Uh, verse 2, he says, hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee. Not just uh, um, one time that he cries. The idea of when I cry, it's, it's uh, today when I cry, tomorrow when I cry. Uh, each time I call out to you, whenever I talk to you, uh, please respond to me uh, because I love you. And uh, he says unto, uh, unto thee in verse number two, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Uh, he's talking about praising the Lord. Uh, he will be praising him whenever he calls on him. And so he's going to giving the impression that he's going to be praising him continually throughout his day. And so here, uh, David is crying out. Uh, he's, he's being tempted or drawn away. Uh, verse number three reminds us that, uh, uh, that uh, he says here, draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity. And so here is the, as David uh, the psalmist is crying out to God. He's reminding himself of why he's calling out because God is his rock, his foundation. He's my, he is your spiritual foundation. He's my spiritual foundation uh, who I should be drawing strength from, encouragement from to do the right thing. Uh, when I'm sensitive to him and looking to him and not my own strength and wisdom, calling on him in the instance of need throughout the day, communicating, praying without ceasing. Uh, David uh, is giving us the implication that not only is he crying out this once, but he's crying out whenever he has a need, he's going to be crying out. So uh, David doesn't want to be uh, like the wicked. Uh, he doesn't want to be like the rest of the world and only call on him in trouble, then forget about him the rest of the time. Uh, so we need to, to include the Lord in our daily activity, in our daily thoughts, in our, in our contemplations throughout the day that he is part of our life. And then uh, David says in verse number three, draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands, render to them their deserts. So David doesn't want to be like the wicked. 
uh, in these verses here, uh, we could uh, summarize some of the things that the wicked, the result of the wicked and the attitudes of the wicked, David doesn't want. Uh, David doesn't want to be like the wicked. Their end, uh, in verse number one, they go down to the pit uh, because God rejects them. God won't listen to them. Uh, in verse number three, uh, he says that uh, he doesn't want to be drawn away from God because of false motives. In verse number three, it tells us that they speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. Uh, they have false motives. Uh, David says, hey, Lord, don't, don't look at me like that. Help me to have the right kind of motives that I would be pleasing you. And uh, uh, he says about their endeavors, uh, that they are self-centered. Uh, they're working with their own hands and uh, their own guidance is, is not from the Lord. And uh, uh, the verse number four tells us that uh, in their desire to be self-sufficient without God, uh, because they regard not the works of the Lord, God is not going to accept them. God is not going to bless their life. God's not going to uh, encourage them. Uh, he will give them their just desserts, as David says in verse number four. And why does he give those wicked their just desserts? Because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands. They ignore God. Uh, they don't give God credit for anything. Uh, they take all the credit for themselves. Whatever things that go right, they say it's their, their doing. Uh, anything that uh, they see that uh, uh, they have an influence on, they take credit. They don't realize that the Lord is in control, but they don't regard the works of the Lord nor the operation of his hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. And so David is reminding us, hey, uh, we need to uh, be as David and uh, desire to uh, allow him to work in our hearts so that we are not like the world. Uh, we don't want to uh, claim what the world claims, that they have all the strength, that they are their own success story. Uh, I've told you this before, but I know I've, over the years before getting saved and uh, the training that I had in high school and college and business administration and different things, uh, that uh, uh, one of the things is that you need to toot your own horn. And uh, that's what the world says. Uh, but the Lord is saying, hey, you should be tooting the Lord's horn. You should be saying, hey, the Lord did this. The Lord did that. The Lord helped me here. And recognize his hand in your life. And, uh, uh, but the lost, the wicked, they don't want to acknowledge that. Uh, they uh, do not want to acknowledge God's strength. And so not only do we have to realize we're in a spiritual battle, but we need to realize that, hey, our strength comes from the Lord. And we need to acknowledge that. And then uh, number three is we need to reckon our position in Christ. And David does that. In verse number six, he says, Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplication. So here he is saying, hey, first at the beginning of the psalm, he's saying he's crying out to the Lord because the Lord is his rock. He's, he's going to, whenever he cries out, he's going to cry out to the Lord. Uh, and by faith, he's going to say, hey, God answers my prayers. And by faith, he says this about himself in verse number eight, that the Lord is their strength and he is the saving strength of his anointed. And the idea is that he is acknowledging his strength comes from the Lord because he is one of God's anointed. We as believers, uh, God has anointed us, so to speak. 
we're in his family. We're part of his, his, his he is part of our heritage. And uh, uh, so it says here in six, blessed be the Lord because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him. I'm helped, therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song I will praise him. So there's the great blessings that we have that uh, the Lord wants you to realize, hey, your strength is not in yourself. Uh, your strength is in him. And uh, because of your position in Christ, because you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, you are accepted in the beloved. You're part of the family. Uh, you have all the benefits that Jesus has. Uh, the song that... Um, Katie and Jessa uh, played complete in thee uh, had some of these elements in it that hey we're justified we're sanctified because of him not because of us and that's what David is saying in verse number seven he's rejoicing that the Lord is my strength and that he is my shield my heart trusteth in him and I am helped therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth and with my song will I praise him and then uh, verse number nine tells us, says, save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. And so here uh, David reminds us that uh, our blessings uh, come from the Lord. If we will only take advantage of them by faith, leaning on the Lord as we cry out to him daily, hourly, moment by moment, don't give up on crying out to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for the opportunity to have that kind of a, a relationship with you, Lord, that uh, Jesus has given to us, not because we're strong, but because he is strong. He has made a way that we can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain help, not only in trouble, but throughout the day. Lord, help us to do that. Help us not to ignore you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.